शिला गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जाय श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जाय श्री जगन्नाथ बलदेव शिवाजी की जाय गौर भक्तवृंद की जाय गौर to all of you welcome for now thanks for coming and uh, so we are sharing some Q&A in the morning some questions and whatever topics you may like to present to us uh, that will be the dynamics for next week approximately in, in the afternoon we will have a more specific series although today morning Monday I realized we are speaking about Brahma Gita to continue with our Monday series that I'm giving for the last month, but that will be also in connection with Mahaprabhu in Puri. We will link the two. But for the time being, in the morning, we are receiving questions. So I don't know if you have any questions. <laughs> Udo seems to have one question. Yeah, I will ask. Sorry. Also, for the ones connected online here, invited to present any question if you want. I will ask a different question than the one I will ask eventually because that, that one I, I know I will remember, this one I can't forget. All right. <laughs> In different scriptures, you know, there are like different, uh, uh, like, uh, how would you say, uh, different, like attributes uh, for uh, to describe Kanista Dikari, Madhyama Dikari, Uttama Dikari, you know, sometimes they talk about the faith. Or how they relate, you know, to, towards the devotees, and different scriptures, different things. So my question would be, if somebody, you know, can, in some areas, you know, be more Madhyama, but in some areas more Kanista, like it, it doesn't have to go all together, like all the qualities together. Mm -hmm. Like somebody, you know, might have a stronger faith, but still, you know, the, you know, they lack some other. Qualities, you know, for example, like for example, um, this is, uh, what you know from a sastra, or for example, uh, the, how you know they, they behave to, to, towards other devotees. Because sometimes we have seen, you know, some yes, you, you could ask him you know, then what kind of faith he has, you know, if he <laughs> you know, does not uh, yeah. behave yes. accordingly. You are starting to, re <laughs> to reply to your own question. <laughs> 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 yeah, basically you already replied to your question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes you, you realize, that, okay, I already had the answer here. So, <laughs> so I would say that it's not that possible because the point is that one thing takes to the other, one thing implies the other. I mean, you cannot have like I don't know, the faith of the Matyam and or and and and, and, and the Shastric knowledge of Ekanista and the whatever, and, and you relate with others as a, as an Uttam or something because it's, it's dysfunctional. One thing will be inter, inter, interconnected with the other. For example, we in our tradition, the faith we want to attain, we spoke about Shraddha the other day a little bit, 
but we didn't enter into all the details of that. It's impossible to do so. But for us, the ideal faith type of faith to be culture is called Shastriya Shraddha. So that's a faith that is informed by by revelation. It's not just mere faith, if you will. That there's a type of Shraddha which is not Shastriya. We spoke about that also. Lokiki Shraddha or Komal Shraddha, which is more connected to the Kanishta. The other day this, this idea came, no? Like the Kanishta will will see Shastra through through his emotions and the Madhyam will see his her emotions through Shastra. So it's another level of perception of reality. So my point is if you are a Madhyam, let's say, or are a Kanista, let's be more realistic for the situation of most practitioners, they are not still maybe Madhyam Adhikaris. But they should be pointing in that direction at least. They should be informed by their guardians who hopefully are at least Madhyam. Like that's the next goal to attain. They should have like a clear set of short term goals, middle term goals, long term goals, basically. So middle short term goals may maybe if you are a Kanista, okay, you have still certain things to attain as a Kanista. Those are your short term goals. But middle term goals is you have to attain the platform of Madhyam Bhakti. And long term goal, you have to become an Uttam Bhakta, Bhagavata. I mean that's for all. No? But again, that that's long term. Long term goal mean even in this lifetime that may not be the case. <laughs> long term goal doesn't mean okay in ten years. <laughs> or something like that, as we spoke the other day. Two or three lifetimes. <laughs> so the point is if you have the faith of if you are a Kanista, it means your faith is not yet too informed by scripture. It's more there is some some scripture of course, on some level, but not that much. So so the point is that and, and that takes you to not relate properly with others as well. That is one of the attributes of the Kanista. He's not able or she's not able to, to discriminate and to appreciate all the diversity. And as we spoke yesterday, the associates of Bhagavan and the devotees and the importance of, of Bhakti, basically. Because devotees are the personification of Bhakti and Bhagavan is Bhakta Bhakti Mam. It is described in the Bhagavatam. That's one of my favorite or maybe the favorite Definition of who is Bhagavan according to the Srimad Bhagavatam. And say Bhagavan Bhakta Bhakti Mam. He is the Bhakta of his Bhaktas. That's Bhagavan for the Bhagavatam. He is the devotee of the devotees. One second. Mute all. <laughs> so, so the point is again, you cannot have like, or, or you cannot be again a Madhyam, let's say, and you have like the the faith of a Madhyam, but the knowledge of a Kanista. Because again, the faith of the Madhyam is Shastriya Shraddha. So in order to have Shastriya Shraddha, Shastra has to be there. You have to know Shastra. And, and again, Shastra doesn't mean... No, to know Shastra doesn't mean you have to be an intellectual genius, because not everyone is, basically. You can be a Shastric genius. As an Uttam, actually that's the, one of the attributes of an Uttam, of the highest type of devotee, you are Shastra Nipun, which means a scriptural genius. But that doesn't mean you are an intellectual genius. I mean, you can be a Shastric genius without being an intellectual genius, because Shastra has nothing to do with intellect. I mean, it has to do with applying your intellect as much as you can, but it doesn't have to mean to have like an IQ of, of this number of extent. I mean, 
Do you follow my point? Yes. So, for example, Gorky showed that Babaji was a Nutan Bhagavata. And he was a Shastranipun, being a Nutan Bhagavata. But he didn't know how to write nor to read. <laughs> One may say, like, but how do but that, that, that's not the idea. That, that, that has nothing to do with that. Intellectual genius, Shastric genius means you, you grasp the essence of, of Shastra, like this very example of Mahaprabhu when he was traveling and he found this person who didn't know how to read, how to write, and he had the Bhagavad Gita, and he was just looking at the cover, cover, you say? Yeah. Of the Bhagavad Gita, and he was crying. And everyone was like, like doing bullying to him. Because he doesn't know how to read, how to write, he's taking the book. I mean, what are, and he's crying mostly. He, he may be crying because everyone is, is laughing at him. <laughs> Mahaprabhu realized, no, he's not crying because of that. <laughs> so he got closer to him and said, Why are you crying? Why are you crying? And he said, Well, because I, I, I see the image of Krishna and Arjuna here on the cover of the Gita, and, and Krishna is Bhagavan, but Bhagavan is acting as. He's the devotee of his devotee. He's been the the Uber of Arjun. <laughs> uh, to put it in contemporary terms. Chariot driver. Uber nowadays. Uh, so of Arjun. So I mean, he's God, but he's the devotee of his devotee by the strength of love. I mean, that's so so moving. I mean, I cannot contain my tears by realizing so Mahaprabhu started to cry along with him and embrace him and say, you really understood Bhagavad Gita. You really understood Bhagavad Gita. You don't need even to open the book. I mean, just the cover is enough to get to the gist of it. You don't need to memorize any verse. You don't need to go to verse number one. You just see the cover and get stuck there, as we spoke the other day. No? I was speaking in, in Raleigh in the United States, North Carolina, with Mahamantra Dasi. One of my god sisters, and another, she was she's studying Ramananda Sambad in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that section, very confident. That's the Bhagavad Gita of Gorlila, since we are speaking about Bhagavad Gita. And I asked him, because she was studying Chaitanya Charitamrita last visit, and I asked him, How is your study? Of course, for sure, you must be studying yet Chaitanya Charitamrita because it's not a book that you will finish in hopefully in one month or something, or in a year or something. He said, Yeah, I'm still. I'm, I'm now in chapter 8, Madhya Lila, Ramananda Sambad. I got stuck there. <laughs> so I said, great. <laughs> That's the goal of our life, to get stuck there. I mean, we are not to finish the book, and now what? what's more? Like, yes, I, 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 I'm reading in such a way, oh, I cannot escape from this. I got trapped in, in between these pages for eternity. <laughs> or in the words of, of my Guru Maharaj, there is one blank page in each one of these literatures waiting for you to fill it with your own bhakti testimony. And you get stuck, you become part of the of, of the book for it forever. No? So this is the same idea. This devotee was just looking at the cover of the Gita and trapped, embraced there by all that it implied. No? In our case, we need to open and to read it up and down, left and right, and memorize and still we might not be crying. Like just read <laughs> So my point again, this idea, no, I mean, uh, regarding being a greatest devotee, doesn't mean that you need, you are an intellectual genius. And you may be an intellectual genius and not be a devotee. I mean, to have a big intellect can be a big burden. I mean, I'm not against using your intellect. You have whatever you have, intellect, 3% of intellect, 100% of intellect, 
and we have to, of course, to engage whatever faculty we have in that connection. But as, as it is mentioned, as to strike, how is it? Whatever. In, the, in one comment, in his Sarvasambhadini commentary of the Sandarva, he says, the, the transcendental plane is a chintya. So a chintya means, what does it mean? In which sense, inconceivable? In every single sense of the term? By the intellect. So, conceivable by? By grace. Yeah, by Shastra. No? By revelation and having faith in that revelation. So, 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 Jiva Goswami makes that point, no? That, that something is a chintya doesn't mean that it's inconceivable in every sense of the term. But it's only inconceivable if you approach that with your intellect. No? With tarka. He uses the word tarka there. Mm-hmm. Tarka, and the scriptures say tarka pratishtana. Tarka apratishtana. If you just go with your intellect, that's your main tool for like, mm-hmm. embracing the infinite, you will be rejected. You will have you will be apratishtana. Pratishta means what? Position. So apratishtana means no position whatsoever. You will be in a limbo, basically. If you approach the absolute with your intellect, apratishtana, you will be thrown in a limbo. You will be nowhere because it's no no way of entering there. Only by your intellect. That's the point. It's not that now be a, 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 like a dumb person like oh no 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 intellect just. No, sentimental, sometimes that can happen. No, no, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Yeah, it's all about the heart. <laughs> but you have a head also. So you use your head in the service of your heart also. If it's all about the heart, your head is also about your heart. So you have to do something with this big head you have. <laughs> so, Jigo Goswami is saying that. I mean, only by intellect, it's not possible. You will be nowhere. But if you use your intellect, in the context of revelation, oh, you have a very fixed place there. Your faith will be Shastriya. Shastriya Shraddha means Shraddha will be your heart exercise, but using your head to discern what revelation is saying. I mean, you have to think about revelation also. The Guru is speaking, and you have to think. That, that's the, the definition of a disciple, basically. Jignasya Sriya Uttamam. All the definitions of the disciples say the same thing. And Krishna says in the Gita similarly. So Pariprasnena means you have to make questions. And to make questions humbly also means you are thinking about what you are hearing. It's not just yes, yes, yes. I understand everything, yes. As we were saying the other day, India is difficult for them to say no. <laughs> Any questions? And they will say yes. <laughs> because it's difficult for them to say no. So they have a whole culture of... Any questions? Yes. Maybe they don't have any questions, but say yes. <laughs> so, so we have to think about... Krishna says in the Gita, no? if you use your intelligence in studying this conversation of mine, you are worshipping me through your intellect. So Buddha is there for something. Buddha is So... So yeah, someone who, who is a Madhyam has Shastri Shada and will know how to relate with others <laughs> in conclusion. <laughs> so all the things go together. You can, Of course, there are levels of being a Madhyam, levels of being a Kanishta, levels of being an Uttam even. But but yeah, it's not that you are an Uttam Madhikari and you have Kanishta something, if you will. All the packaging is 
like including many things at the same time. So there are nuances there and there are levels again, but it's not so much to the point that again I have Nishta, but I have Loki Kishrada or something like sentimental faith. No, you have Shastra. Even if you don't know Shastra from tip to toe, at least you have Shrad. You know that your Shrada should be backed with by with revelation. No, you know that that's the type of faith. Uh, you want to have and, and, and you need to have so again it's not that you are a madhyam and you know all the shastra because that may not happen but you know that your shraddha should be in relation to what revelation has to say I trust in revelation basically and on the basis of that I think and I develop a cosmovision and a view an angle of view an ang- a viewpoint of reality and so on so something like that I mean, you are self-answered question, but yeah. I'm just <laughs> adding some ideas on that. No, but I answer the question with what I learned, you know, from your classes. You know. Sorry? I answer the question with what I learned from your classes. Mm. But is it is clear idea? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And that's why sometimes it's so difficult for one to get along with the other, but to not talk or say that. For Kanishtas to deal with Madhya, that's so difficult, he said. Because they are in totally different constellations. I mean, they need one thing, and the other one needs something else. And what they feel like not healthy for their process is what's healthy for the other, basically. So it's difficult for them to to get along. <laughs> it's interesting. Also, he's saying that. I mean, because the Ganesha will be more narrow-minded, more sentimental, more uh, not concerned about the things that the Madhyam is concerned. Madhyam is concerned about being progressive and changing and making tangible progress in his practice and the, and the Kanisha will be more like mediocre and trying to tend to the comfort zone and remaining there and it's okay and I'm a, I'm a devotee and everything everyone is a devotee and why you are making all these differences among people discriminating, there's no need for that like more sentimental it sounds like the Utam <laughs> but it's on a very different background so it's difficult for the Madhyam with the Kanishtas to I mean, the Madhyam will, will be mostly understanding why the Kanisha is reacting like that, but the Kanisha won't that be able to understand why the Madhyam is acting like that. And the, the danger, therefore, the Kanisha is to engage in Aparat, because the Kanisha may think, oh, this Madhyam, this intermediate devotee, is like discriminating and, and, and separating between levels of devotees, and everyone is a devotee. Why do it? It seems like too universal, but it's saying that from a non a non-committed platform. So so probably he may offend or she may offend a, a Madhya. So that's important for a Kanista in those cases to remind under the guidance of someone who is not a Kanista. Because if, imagine you are a Kanista, <laughs> you start to, to offend a non-Kanista, and you go to your guy who is also a Kanista, and will say, yes, no, they are total, you have to... And he will like throw fuel to the, that fire. So the two of you will be like engaging further thickened apparatus. So that's like the end of it all. You you will lo- eventually you will no longer even be a kanista. You will lose all adhikar for bhakti. So and as we always say, being a kanista, in one sense it's glorious because it's bhakti adhikar. There is some eligibility for bhakti, but that's not all. So it's like a baby. That's the example we always give. The babies. It's still like, I mean, you cannot expect from a baby, unless it's Srivas Thakur's son, 
<laughs> you cannot expect a baby to have proper yet discrimination about reality and give a whole Vedantic discourse on temporariness in this world and whatever. But the baby needs to be under the guidance of someone who is not a baby. <laughs> and there's no problem. Eventually the baby will become an adult. If the adult is an adult and not a baby. No? So that's the same thing. If a Kanishta is under the guidance of a non-Kanishta, it's okay. Eventually the baby, Bhakta, if you will, will grow into all that it, he, she can be. But if the baby is nourished, quote-unquote, but other baby, I mean, you can imagine, you put two babies together, it's not that one will like start to give advice, be careful, do not crawl across the street, there is danger there, uh, whatever. I mean, they will... Like ruin each other, basically. <laughs> I mean, you can put two babies together, but one adult has to be there. I mean, you, you won't leave two babies just alone by themselves in the middle of the street. and uh, They will somehow nourish each other. I mean, they won't last for half an hour, basically. <laughs> one will be like on one tree there, other like rolling on the street. I don't know, you don't know. No. If the adult is there, no problem. They can do whatever they like. The adult will like, you give the, the parameter, the, the perimeter, you know, like protected circle. So the same, canistas may be like uh, doing so many weird stuff, <laughs> baby-like, but at least one adult glance has to be like supervising them. And if they are about to kill themselves, he will, he will be like, come here. No, this is not like, the, you, know, you are thinking he's an operatic. He's not an operatic. <laughs> Do, that Madhyam, you think he's a... No, he's a Madhyam. <laughs> and you think he's an operatic because he's a Madhyam, and you are not a Madhyam. That's why you think he's an operatic. And still you don't understand what I'm telling you, but have confidence in me, and in time you will realize all the things. Something like this, no? And, and in time that will happen, I mean. Mostly everyone has to be a Kanishta first, unless you already, if you are not a Kanishta in this lifetime, it's because you've already been a good Kanishta in previous lifetimes, and now you're somewhere else. I'm saying this also not to condemn, no? because sometimes devotees say, oh, Kanishta, Vadika, Kanishta. If you're speaking like this, probably you are a Kanishta. <laughs> okay, what else? Any other questions? Uh, it was a statement, I think, by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I'm not sure if it was a statement, but Madhya Madhikari, there's a tendency to become an agnostic or an atheist in, in Madhya Madhikari. So some of those same statements are uh, I think he says something like that in the context of. I mean, he basically was like analyzing like the dangers of being a Madhya Madhikari. If you will. I mean, there's not that dangerous as to be a Kanisha Dikari, but also there can be some danger in the sense of to be a Madhya Madhikari doesn't mean you already are on the other side, totally safe, if you will. You are not fully liberated. So there can be some danger. That, that's the main point. It doesn't mean like... And what's the main point? That the Madhya Madhikari is someone who, again, is mostly using his her intellect and, and trying to discern and think about Shastra. So the danger for the Madhya Madhikari, and I will say that will be more like a beginner Madhyam Kanishta, a beginner Madhyam, because there are levels of being a Madhyam. So a Madhyam who is just like in his first, her first like blooming stage. Okay, he's more discerning and understanding. I have an intellect, I have to use my intellect. But you can also use that too much, as we were explaining. No? And that, that has to do with being an agnostic. You start like to overthink 
revelation, and you have to think about revelation, but also there will be a point where revelation itself will like, stop. Stop thinking. Like famous case of Prabhupada, of this devotee, <laughs> who was thinking too much. No? Like he was like telling Prabhupada, like, oh, Prabhupada was reading, I think that was the case, no? reading the, 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 the Krishna book, the Bhagavatam. And Krishna is here at this moment of the day performing this Leela, and then he's going here. And from here to here to Madhavan and to Govardhan and to I mean and, and I was and I calculated made the calculation he said about the distances be, between the places and it's not that that close to each other so that takes time so it doesn't make sense because he does all the things in this amount of time but the dis and he started like <laughs> so Prabhupada said you are reading too much well I mean he it's not that. You cannot read, but the point is how you are reading that. So ideally, a madhyam won't be that much. I mean, he probably he was not even a madhyam. I don't know, <laughs> but, but sometimes that type of things can happen. Like you are thinking and thinking, and and by using your thinking along with revelation, that gives some some taste, some experience, some insights. Even, but it's a very subtle play because if you don't like combine. You're, you're applying of the intellect in, in context of revelation with humility, for example, you may really start like to invest, trust your intellect too much, and, and you really go beyond uh, the reach of the intellect. So in that sense, that the danger of being agnostic, I will say, that you start to have doubts. Agnostic has to do with someone who, I don't know if it's like this or like this, I have doubts. I cannot tell. I'm not an atheist. I, I won't say God doesn't exist. I can tell God does exist. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, and the Madhyam stage is a lot about doubts, in the sense of, but healthy doubts. You know, the Kanistra will feel, I know everything. <laughs> but he's, he knows like 1% or something, no? but he feels like this Utsamayi spirit. Like you go to the first lesson of mathematics and teachers say 1 plus 1, 2. And you okay, I understand. One, one two. So you that's first lesson. So you end the lesson and you're like, oh, I know. I can teach mathematics. It's not that complicated. That lesson one. You go to the second lesson, you start to get discouraged more and more. Because you realize, oh, it's more difficult than what I thought. But the Kanishta mainly has this notion. I, I have faith. I have love for Krishna. I'm a devotee all this like positive and I'm not saying you are not you don't have anything but the Kanisha won't see the situation in a nuanced way he won't understand yet there's levels of faith levels of Adhikar levels of being in the party, levels of surrender it's black and white I'm devotee I was karmi last week but now I'm a devotee <laughs> so for a Madhyam he or she is more doubtful in a healthy way but also again if you overuse your intellect that may create another types of doubts which are not the healthy ones which take you to doubt in the, for the sake of doubting and Krishna says if you just doubt after doubt after doubt you won't be happy in this life nor the next says in the Gita so the doubt is just has a purpose for the Madhyam especially and that's the role of the Guru like Guru Maharaj will say the role of the Guru is to make you doubt but to make you doubt in the context of increasing your faith not to make you doubt to the point of questioning the whole thing you are doing. I mean, I mean, uh, is this real? No, not to that point. But you, you think this is like this, like again, a Kanista mentality. I know what Krishna is about, whatever. 
So the Guru will speak in such a way that you start to doubt, not to doubt Krishna, but to doubt your own level of understanding of Krishna, because you realize, oh my God, I never heard that, I never considered But now that I hear that, I realize, oh yeah, that's also, oh. So my idea of Krishna was not fully upgraded, if you will. So that's a healthy doubt. You doubt about yourself in that sense, not about yourself in the sense that it's an existential crisis and whatever, and you get depressed. But, but you realize I'm approaching the infinite, basically. So you get closer to the infinite. How much you can like as, assert, assert or assess yourself? Assess. How much you can assess yourself in approaching the infinite? Like, I have it. I know it. I mean, that's, you can just, as Lester Marshall say, touch one point in an infinite line. That's the infinite. You just touch one point today, one point tomorrow. You cannot just have it all, swallow it all. But again, if the if the madhyam, because of whatever reason, becomes distracted or overconfident in his her intellectual capacity, that can create some again improper doubts. The proper doubts come by applying our intellect in the context of revelation humbly. And the improper doubts will come by applying our intellect, maybe in the context of revelation, but without humility. <laughs> and like being overconfident about... So your intellect starts like to rule over Shastra, if you will. And you don't understand that. No, it, it doesn't work like that. I mean, Shastra is way above my intellect. So, so I will say that's why Bhaktivinotakuru... It's not that every single Madhyam is will become agnostic or, or something like that. But that's the, the, the variety of, the possibility of, of danger, or one of them, I mean, that's not the only one, of agnosticism in, in Madhya Bhakti. You know? Like you can really, yeah, start to doubt those things that you shouldn't doubt, basically. But I will connect that with beginner stage of Madhya. Beginner stage of intermediate stage. <laughs> So that's a good warning because, I mean, it's not that you're Madhyam and you're, again, already liberated, nothing can beat me or something. I mean, if you really... And it's so subtle because intellect is a very refined tool and, 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 and gives insights and gives ideas, but you have to always remember this is in the service of revelation because you can start to develop your own fancy conceptions of, about Krishna consciousness also and be an intellect if you are intellectual genius especially oh my god be careful with that <laughs> if you have too much intellectual capacity that can really distract you basically and you it's a subtle way of enjoyment basically sense enjoyment in a really refined way you can have gross sense enjoyment with this five stuff <laughs> or you can have a more Invisible, if you will, refine enjoyment with your intellect. When at one point there is no difference in principle, you're engaged in sense enjoyment. <laughs> so the intellect is to be surrendered, and that's why we hear sometimes our acharyas speaking so strongly about the intellect. And it's not that they are banishing and forbidding us to think, but they are pointing also as to the dangers of overthinking the whole thing. That, that, that's dangerous. That's an anartha, basically. That's an anartha. Mm -hmm. So, humility is there to protect us from that, especially if you have a big head. I mean, you have to have a big humility to, to compensate that, because that head can swallow you, basically. Rupa Goswami said that. You can, your heart can become a stone. 
answers like you you doubt 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 and overthink the whole thing and of course if only through intellect Krishna Lila doesn't make sense and if you approach Krishna Lila only with your intellect it's like I mean, it doesn't make sense. With good luck, you will have some scholarly approach and you will think, okay, Krishna was like a great personality of the past. Mahaprabhu was a saint person or he was an epileptic. Some will conclude because they are just approaching the reality through the filter of the intellect. So he was trembling. He was sweating. He was fainting. Technically speaking, that corresponds with epilepsy. <laughs> You will. Oh, that's my, that's my Guru Maharaj will say epilepsy is not contagious. <laughs> but what Mahaprabhu had was. Uh, so you have to take another approach. Of course, you won't say that to a scholar. They are scholars, they are doing their job. But as a Madhyam, <laughs> we, they are perspective. Perspective, you say Madhyams? Perspective. Perspective, Madhyams. We, we have our job also. If we are there, we want to be there. So, yeah. Applying the intellect. Interestingly, that's the whole idea of Nishta. Nishta means Madhyam. And the verse that corresponds with Nishta and Madhyam in the Sikshastaka speaks of utmost humility. <laughs> and that speaks about intellect in, in its proper, put intellect in its place. It speaks about so much humility, no? like a blade of grass. Only in this way you can survive your head, if you will. <laughs> And respecting everyone, not demanding respect from yourself. Again, if you have a big head, probably you will think, here I am. <laughs> so the only way to, to deal with that properly in the context of bhakti is, to, like, yeah, to balance these two things. Great head, great humility, and great doubts in the proper place, no? to, to nourish great faith, <laughs> like this. Yes, sir. He used to say that we can be on the mental platform to, and controlled by the mind, and in a similar way, we can be controlled by intellect. Mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. So this is danger. Yeah, that still it's a material tool, so you can really yeah, get trapped in that. that. And it's so subtle that, again, it doesn't seem overtly you are a Maya or something like this. No, you are like a gross materialistic, but you are like in a very sophisticated way still in the same place if you will <laughs> or even worse basically because you can cheat yourself most, most no happens. because it's not so overt maybe others won't notice that everyone will like praise that but the same principle you're entangled you're in the center you want to be in the center we are not the center but we try we think we are <laughs> but everybody and you can mistake that with spirituality because again it's material stuff but very subtle so it gets it seems it gets closer to something spiritual because it's more subtle. We make mistake this thing, but but maybe it's even more gross that someone who is, has not that intellect and maybe having some problems with dealing with matter in a more gross way. Maybe some devotee you know, has some problems with gross sense enjoyment, <laughs> but not with this subtle stuff. And some others are not having that, that those gross problems that are totally entangled in the intellectual realm. So, who knows who, who is in, the be in a better position, if you <laughs> hmm. Do you have something, some question yeah, before? Sorry. just, um, maybe everyone knows everything about this, but I don't, I don't really think know so. about the different <laughs> stages. So, you were talking a lot about the humility part of it and the, the view of looking at faith. So, it's 
thinking, is that the only way to determine which of the stages you're on, or is there more uh, uh, more definitions of how to determine mm-hmm. the different stages? Yeah, there are many many ways we can speak about that actually, and there are many ways of speaking about stages also. No, there are this there. I mean. Indians love all these categories, no? <laughs> different, you find an ending categories of stages and levels of practice. And so these are three, three levels of practitioners, but again, there are, it's a very general definition of three. It's not just three, I mean, I mean in between three there are nine, and between nine there are 81, and, and you keep multiplying. So as we will say, between white and black there is 20, 256 shades of grey, <laughs> so it's not just one single thing. But also there are stages of bhakti, for example, that are sometimes described as nine. Vishwanath Chakravartakur will speak of them as fourteen. <laughs> and so on. And in between there are so many others, no? Shraddha, we spoke the other day, Shraddha, Sadhu, Sangha. So, we, we made some study here with the devotees last year, was? Yes. Okay, of these nine stages. In time you can also get to know about them. I mean, all of us get we need to get continue getting to know about them, but but yeah, generally this is a general way of describing like three levels. No, it's not that there's only three levels. So the main level will be again the, the more literal practitioner, the more naive, innocent, well-intentioned. I mean, again, it's not critic criticizable. No, <laughs> something is worthy of being criticized. No word for that. Yeah. No, I think you. Criticizable. <laughs> Sounds nice. So, so th- again, it's, we are not demonizing that, but it's just like the baby stage, if you will. Like, let's speak in our terms. You have the, the baby, the teenage, and the adult, if you will, in humans. So the baby is, is still like in his own constellation, basically, not, not aware of so many things around him and, and so on. And, and, and very easily also like affected, no, for a baby, I don't know, or, or a child. No? You, I remember reading from Houston Smith about this in his book, The Worst Religions. I don't know the, the name. What's the name? Houston? That's a very nice book. So you say like for a baby, or for a boy, he has like I don't know, he's playing with one toy, and suddenly the toy falls and breaks. And for that boy, the baby or, or child, that's the end of the world. I mean. Apocalypsis, basically. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else apart from that. It's totally centered and absorbing that particular object, and that's no longer there. It's like, <sighs> of course, someone brings the toy and a new toy again. It's like, okay, like, <laughs> so this is extreme. It's not like you say, but I mean, it's just a toy. You cannot tell him it's just a toy. <laughs> and he'll say, of course, we as so-called adults sometimes engage in the same principle with, with a different toy. But the idea is, we are to grow beyond that and to see that my life continues be beyond this broken toy. Because I mean, there is a bigger picture to that only specific aspect of reality that is no longer there. There's more to life. <laughs> so, again, to, to say like this, no? so a, a boy is like in that stage. A kanista is more like like naive and good intention. I have faith, and, uh, but suddenly the toy breaks. <laughs> <laughs> everything becomes like suddenly you have no faith and you're doing like the opposite of what you're supposed to do as a devotee in half an hour <laughs> that happens no. And, no no I want to surrender to Krishna the next day you just like 
pure agnosticism or whatever. <laughs> no, that's for Madhya. Pure atheism. <laughs> whatever. Just like extreme things. No, like still like going to like the baby. Oh, the, so happy with my toy. Ten seconds after that, I want to to kill myself. My toy is no longer with me or something. And then five seconds after the toy is back, oh, I'm so happy. So still, this happen, these things happen, and we are not to condemn that person. It's part of their their experience. It's okay. It's embarrassing, but it's embarrassing if, if, if you do it then, basically. It's not embarrassing for them. It's, it's okay for a baby, as you say, the other day, to urinate himself. It's not embarrassing. And we may see that and say, oh, it's embarrassing if I keep doing that. No? So, so we may not urinate ourselves no longer, but we may continue getting mad about the broken toy, if you will. No? Whatever attachment is our particular... Whatever toy is our particular attachment, basically. And then comes the madhyam, the intermediate stage, which is more... You are no longer a baby, you are no longer a child, you are no, but you are not still an adult yet. So you are a teenager. The teenager has to do with what? Crisis. <laughs> and questioning and doubts and trying to figure out who I am and wanting to grow, ideally. So it's a, a parallel I'm giving on some level to try to illustrate the, the whole thing. So a madhyam will be in that struggle. A madhyam is constant struggle, basically. That's not so easy. But you need to go through that struggle to become an adult. You know? So it's not comfortable. It's really uncomfortable. to be. I remember myself being a teenager was so uncomfortable. I mean, I was suffering so much, <laughs> and so much existential crisis, and trying to look for an identity. And uh, again, I don't want to make a full parallel between worldly experience and being a madhyamadikari, but some ideas are there. A madhyam bhakta, again, it's not yet a, a, a devotee in every sense of the term. It's not an uttam. So it's trying to look to find his/her ultimate identity and prospect, but still, it's like struggling with some things and trying to think about and to discriminate. That the Madhyam is mainly characterized by that, by discrimination. As I said before, he, she may have emotions, but whatever the emotions are coming, the Madhyam will filter the emotion through the lens of Shastra. Not just being carried away by the emotional wave. I feel this, I feel that, I feel that. I mean, yeah, you can feel like you want to throw them redang on the head of someone or something. That's a feeling. It doesn't mean you have to follow what you feel. I, mean, I feel I want to kill myself. I don't want to. Don't follow that feeling. I feel depressed. Do not follow that feeling. I mean, you feel okay. You feel that. You cannot deny it, but you have to do something about that. You have to filter your emotional experience through through higher knowledge. So something that is showing you a bigger picture. Because if not, you just over-identify with your emotions and, and, and you are lost because you think, I'm my emotion. When you are an Uttambhakta, you can say that. <laughs> when you have bhava, you can say that. I'm my emotions. You can fully identify with your emotions, but when your emotions have, do not have Bhagavan in the center, the absolute in the center, reality in the center, they are not worthy, not worthy of being trusted. So Again, the Kanishta will have this kind of hodgepodge. You know, we have emotions, and we'll mix his, her emotions with Krishna, and feel, oh, Krishna wants this, and actually he wants that, not Krishna. Well, oh, Krishna and this, and I feel this, and I want... And there's no Shastra giving context that, so it's a little bit out of context. Madhyam is struggling to put everything in context by thinking about this. 
And an Utan, the highest level of personality, that's again, externally seems again back as, as the Kanish, the novice, but it's in another place altogether, basically. It's carried away by waves of emotion, but those emotions are rising are out of spiritual insight. So it's a whole different thing. It's difficult to understand it in Uttam Bhakti. It's like, it's not of this world already, man. It's a crazy person, basically. <laughs> in love of God. No? So to understand a crazy person in love of God, you have to become that person also, basically. Like that. And when you become that person, everything makes sense from that perspective. I mean, when you get mad in love of God, you understand someone else in love of God. But unless you don't get there, you can speak about that, but <laughs> you have to go there. That's what Srila Prabhupada is saying. Go there and find that for yourself, basically. So Madhyam is someone who wants that, who wants to go there and is really trying to do that. <clears throat> so yeah, there are many other things we can say about that. And, but I think a detailed study of the stages also help to really look more in detail, Shraddha, Sadhu, Sangha, Bhajana, Kriya, Nartha, Nibriti. Till that we could say that's Kanishta Dikai. The Nishta has mostly to do with Madhyam, with being a Madhyam. And Ruchi maybe advanced stages of Madhyam and Shakti start to become an Uttam and Bhava and Prem. So well, that takes time by studying all the stages and each one of their symptoms, you kind of start to really relate to, okay, this is where I am, because that's important to know where you are in the whole map in the journey where you want to be and where you should no longer remain also <laughs> because that can happen there are two varieties that, that we call sahaja there are two varieties of being sahaja sahaja means how do you say in english and easy going <laughs> facilist you have that word now in english that you want things easier no <laughs> I mean, you want something easy, no? You want to, the, the thing... Imitation. Yeah, 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 you know the idea, no? We call it sahaja. Sahaja means easy. So sahaja means someone who wants the thing easy. <clears throat> and easy is not, not good. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's our, our problem. We want things easier. So and that's not good. And, and when someone is, something is difficult we get discouraged. Oh, this is difficult. But the point is, <laughs> as we always say, you have the two extremes and the middle path. So the two extremes are easy and... Impossible. Thank you. And the middle path is... Thank you. So you have it. I mean, difficult is not extreme. It's the middle path. Extremes are easy and impossible. I mean, if everything is easy, it's boring. If everything is possible, you get discouraged. But something is difficult. Oh, you got a challenge there. You have to change. Again, <laughs> you have to improve. So Sahaja is someone who wants the easy way, the easy path. And there are two varieties of that. One is, as Srila will say, full rush where angels fear to tread, right? Like you want to attain a high thing when you are not ready for that yet. So you want to really run and rush into a higher realm without acquiring the necessary um, yeah, eligibility, adhikar. But there is another variety of sahaja, I will say, that is in the other direction. That you are in certain stage, 
but now you are you should be ready to go to the next chapter but you are not willing to do so and you want to remain there that's a hajj also you want the easy thing i mean it's not easy it becomes more and more difficult to insist on comfort zone again you follow you are a canista let's say but you the time has come for you to be to 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 obtain a not phd yet but some grade <laughs> enter into madhyam but you insist on being a canista like saying no? that that's a hajj also that's as problematic as the other variety of hajj you want to run too quickly to a higher realm or you want to insist and remain on the lower realm it's, it's not, not helpful anyway like a follow-up to yes yeah. so, right. just thinking about this you know madhyama becoming or this danger of becoming an agnostic but ah. i mean is it like he says you know it doesn't seem to me I and mean, it's hard to, to understand for me that he sits in an armchair you know and he has a thought and follows this thought you know over his you know like over the shastra mm -hmm. but I, I've, I've seen, oh, I saw, you know, in my hometown, for example, in one, you know, Gaudiya institution, there were a lot of in, insightful and intelligent people over the years, and who inspired me a lot. But so, somehow or other, they just disappeared because they were, you know, because the level in that institution was just to pull them down. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, they, they were, they were, thwarted we say yeah, it was stopped and, and they had like this i think they had glimpses of this you know they understood more than the rest of them right from the shastra because the, the the ideas that came later you know were permitted but they came later and they, these guys these guys like they, they they kind of they had some in, in insight and they expressed this insight you know long before but then it looked like they, um, you know, they, 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 they uh, started doing different things in life because they were expelled from the institution mm -hmm. or something happened. Mm -hmm. So, doesn't, maybe, isn't it like they, they became agnostic because of some situation in life and they tried to explain it away because they have no devotee association at mm -hmm. that time mm -hmm. and they just, they got along with life. So it was, in, I mean, in, in practical sense, because mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. they saw such people and it was... Yeah. It was a waste. Mm. To me. Yeah, there are yeah, so many possibilities. I just gave like one general idea of why Bhaktivinotakur may have said that, but what you say of course it's it's also possible and of course it's sad it shouldn't happen. But <laughs> uh, of course each case is so different and you don't know the yeah. specific background of each situation and what happened there if there was there, the there was some yeah i mean there was some apparatus i don't know maybe not maybe yes it's, each case is unique <laughs> so we cannot just say yeah it's because of this that everyone that is that person ends up like this so it's yeah, very yeah. specific but i've seen that specific case you mentioned and of course that's not the idea and I, of course that speaks that Maybe I, I'm not saying those devotees were madhyams. Yeah, they yeah, end up becoming like agnostics. Right yeah, maybe they were canistas, but advanced canistas, canista utam, let's say. Again, I'm speaking in general. I don't know them even. I don't know who you are speaking about, but but still, 
they are not yet fully seasoned madhyams in the sense of, let's say, they have some thought process, some insights, but also at the same time they have this, like, how to say, more sentimental or, or superficial idea of chastity to the institution or whatever, and, and, and they, if they are expelled of, of, of the, out of the institution or whatever, they cannot, like, conceive of continue with the practice any longer yeah. or yeah. this type of ideas like whatever i don't want to go to any specific detail but i know institutions that basically ingrain in you this dna like basically this is the only one bona fide place to be concerning Gaudiya vedanta yeah. and if you cannot make it here you are not a devotee basically yeah. i mean every i mean Anywhere you can find that. I mean, if you are a fanatic, you will think in those terms. <laughs> but I've, I've seen this type of thought that only the Bhakti Not Parivar is the only current, alive current of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the world. And only, so all the, everyone else, all the other Parivars, they are Sahajas, they are Smarta Brahmins, they are Case Goswamis, blah, blah, blah. Sah- and all the other ones, apart from our mission, the Bhaktivinoda Parivar, they are offensors to, offensive to this and this and this. So, conclusion? We are the blessed ones. And only here the real thing is going on. So, of course, that's like canista.com, basically. <laughs> Official, technically speaking. I mean, like... And it's an, an, a way of saying I'm the best, basically. I'm in the best instit- in the best institution, the only one. My guru is the best. My vision is the best. In the background of all that is I'm the best. Still, no. So again, I'm not saying these devotees were thinking like that. But if you are in such an environment when there is this social pressure that only in this perimeter Krishna consciousness can happen, and you start to think. Too much, not too much because you are doing it wrong, but too much because the, unfortunately that environment is not promoting a Madhyam mentality. That's the point. You no longer want to remain a Kanishta, but the whole structure is there for you to be a Kanishta. And, it's, it's not, and I don't have a problem with even missions or institutions being Kanishtas. Uh, there has to be some play for them. <laughs> but the point is for those, I mean, who are ready for developing new wings, if you will, <laughs> the institution may be able to connect them with some other currents that they may continue nourishing their thinking and insights. But if they just give this idea, no, 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 if you go out here, you are not loyal, you are like a betrayal? Betrayer? Betrayer. Traitor? What? Betrayer. Betrayer. Mm-hmm. Of our guru, and you are unchaste, and you are going against his wish. And if that's ingrained from day one, those maybe thinking people, at, on some level, thinking people, and sincere, will collapse. Yeah. Because I cannot, tol- I cannot sustain myself with this level of thinking, but I cannot see myself outside of this box. <laughs> so the result of that, they end up doing something else, because they have to continue living somehow their lives. <laughs> Again, I'm giving a general idea. But I will say, if you are a little bit more progressive, you will understand, no, no, this message of only here the real thing is going on, this is wrong. So if I cannot fit here any longer, I have to continue growing my spiritual life somewhere else. So that's another level of 
seeing the bigger picture but again every every particular case is is it's really individual but yeah it's unfortunate that those things but that those things happens in every in every religion even i mean this is depicting a level of of Adik- it's adhikar basically adhikar so you are in certain adhikar it's not a problem the problem is when there's again no one else supervising the whole thing from above with another adhikar <laughs> You have a higher glance there, it's no problem. You can be 99.9% Kanishtas, but you have 0.01% of someone higher vision, and that person is leading the cattle, if you will. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But Okay, something else? One more question? I have a quick question. Okay, I don't know if the, the answer will be that quick. <laughs> Generally, the quickest questions are the re- require longest answers. So let's see. I was just reading Bhaktivinoda's uh, uh, the seventh Goswami. His biography, Rupa Bilas, yeah. And uh, he didn't wear a tilak or tulsi until he, he, until he, he said he wouldn't wear it until he got diksha. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> The question is, should I take off my Kantimala, basically? <laughs> now you can keep it. No, no I mean, there, there are, I mean, there are ways of doing that from the proper way. I mean, I'm not saying, with this I'm not contradicting how Bhaktivinoda Thakur was wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm not saying either, therefore everyone should do like that. There is a place for that, like he felt. And there is a particular way of doing things in different places and cultures and so on so so his feeling was yeah I, I'm, I'm, I mean as you know but you know Thakur is my Guru Mahesh will depict him he's the first western convert he will consider him he was not born as Gaudiya Vaishnava he was born in a Shakta family in India and eventually he got he was raised as a Christian so a very interesting mix and he became a Gaudiya Vaishnava eventually his adulthood I mean he was yeah, he was already married with not all his children, but many of them already. So he was adult, his adult life. So, so I think, uh, knowing his life and his biography, he was more of this idea of like receiving them from his guru, receiving Kantimala from his guru. Well, that's part of the initiation process also, no? The pancha, pancha yaknya that also my guru Maharaj follows, tapa pundra and so on. So you receive all these items <coughs> that, that make for the Sadakadeha. The Guru is giving Tilak and giving this, giving Nam, giving and so on. So there's place for that. I mean, again, if it's with the proper conception, okay, I prefer to receive them from my Guru. I, but he was practicing. It's not that he was doing nonsense till the day that the Kantimala came and the Tilak. Oh, no, now I'm a devotee. No. I remember cases like <laughs> I remember once I was in Chile, like 20 years back, and, and there were some initiations going on that day. So the fire yakni was there, and everyone was just about to enter the ceremony, and there was one devotee missing, <laughs> not coming. So we were wondering, where is he? I mean, he knew he was going to be initiated today. So at the end, like, after some half an hour later, he, he comes. But with a very, like particular clothing, no, like discotheque clothing or something like this. And he was like a little bit like 
How do you say in English? Topsy turvy? <laughs> tipsy. Tipsy, tipsy. That's another thing. Yeah, tipsy. So I say, where were you? Where were you? I say, I mean, it was my, he said, it was my, my last night, he told me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> So that's the opposite to what Bhaktino Thakur was doing. <laughs> yeah. He was surely practicing. I mean, he was going, doing all this nonsense, this devotee with Kanti Mala and all that stuff, and that was not the idea. <laughs> And Bhaktivinoda Thakur was not wearing those things because he considered, no, oh, I will officially represent Gaudiya Vaishnavism with Bhavin. He took that seriously in that particular direction. Again, it's a way of doing that. There, it's not just one way of doing that. So if you are inspired to... But my point is, okay, if you are not initiated, like Greg or some others, uh, I mean, you can wear Kantimala, you can wear Tilak, if, but with a proper awareness and conception and, and even for those who are initiated also that's important to, to know I mean it's not okay now I'm initiated I have the right to have Tila and Kantim as much as you represent that for sure <laughs> but please do not make it an embarrassment for the whole tradition in the name of being a devotee and you're, sometimes that can happen also I mean devotees have really misbehaved in the name I mean without bad intention but in the name of I don't know preaching or helping others, they've been a little bit intense, if you will, with good intention again, but without too much criteria. And people like identify like, oh no, there comes, they saw this, oh, 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 they want my money, let's run from here, or something like that. So we don't want that also. No? But in conclusion, you can keep your continual anything. Okay, one more last question, then I had one, and we finish today with that. I want to ask about the Madhya Madhikari. Uh, during this position uh, in existential crisis and in Nishta at the same time, somehow? Yeah, when, when I say existential crisis again, I was speaking more with the compared to the analogy with being a teenager. So it's not that the Madhya has existential crisis in the sense of a, teen, a mundane teenager is having, basically. No, I mean, the Madhya Madhikari is... Is, has firm faith in the tradition, but at the same time, it's, n- it's, it's not in the goal of life. I mean, that's my point. A, Kanish, a, a Madhya Bhakta is someone who has a glimpse of his potential, her potential, of all that he, she can be, but at the same time knows I'm not there yet. And I know that it takes certain steps to, t- to reach there. So in that sense, I'm saying existential crisis. Not that I don't know who I am, I don't know who I want to be, blah, blah, not in that sense, but in the sense of I know who I should be <laughs> and, and, and I'm, no, I'm not yet there <laughs> because he, she has a real conception of the ultimate perspective. No, even a, a Madhyam Bhakta will have some, some, some idea on some level or another of his ultimate identity of service. In Asakti, this is arising naturally inside of one. Who I am in eternity. That's an important point, because again, as we were saying yesterday, love of God, in one level, that's generic. So eventually we have to know the specifics of that. Again, not we have to know like, okay, I have to receive that information, but you have to be driven by certain affinity in one direction. 
And the same happens with your own identity. Because what's your identity? As a Madhyam, of course, you are, you are properly situated as a Sadaka and, and there is a whole identity developing, but also there is some affinity in, developing in connection with, let's say, Krishna Lila, for example. But we still do not know, as Madhyam, in all full detail who we are in Krishna Lila, let's say. Who we are in every sense of the term. It's not just, I have affinity for Sakya Bhava, I have affinity. That's not who you are yet. I mean, that's something, that's a lot, if that's, if that's real, of course. Because you can also say, I heard the Buddha saying, uh, I, I don't like Madhurya Bhav, so, so I, I, I must have affinity for Sakya Bhav. No, it's not like that. No. <laughs> So these are the two options. I don't have too much affinity here, so I will go for this one. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's not that I like this because I don't like that. You follow? It's like implying, Udav, I love you a lot just because I hate Samananda. And you say, what type of love is that one? <laughs> it's weird. So, so my point is, like in Matyam, Again, it's a progressive practitioner. It's someone who is really, in a healthy way, obsessed with making progress. Who really feels the urge. Urge? In a healthy way, again, not, not paranoid, but the urge of making progress. Because he, he she understands that it's all about growing, and there's no end to, to that progress. He she had a glimpse of that, which can be overwhelming at times. Try to imagine having a glimpse of what Srila Siddharth will say. You are trying to approach the infinite. Approaching the infinite means there is no limit to how much progress you can make. There's no limit. So are you ready to enter into a place where there's no limit for progress? <laughs> you try to make progress, and you're making progress, but you will always feel there's so much progress to be made. So, so that's the, 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 the inner life of the, of the Madhyam if you will, on some level. There are levels of madhyams again. So in that sense, I'm saying existential crisis in the sense of I'm no longer, I, I'm still not the person I, I would like to be. I, I have a prospect of that. I had a glimpse of that. I'm no longer there. I want to be there. What I have to do. And still the madhyam is dealing with some issues yet. It's not just fully transcendental entity. So so this struggle, you know, like it's a healthy, healthy struggle dealing with some relativities in, in one's inner world, but at the same time, this shining light, like a prospect is there, a prospect is there, so as one devotee once compares, it's like a, a boat rocking in these two directions, in the direction of real humility, as a Madhyam, which takes you to really be aware of how fallen you are, how undeserved is this grace, and you feel on that side, this, on the other side, such great hope because of the nature of the mercy and the disposi graceful disposition of Sri Guru Bhaisans, our deity. So much great hope, but so much folly I am. But so much great hope. <laughs> but so much hope. <laughs> so the boat is rocking in this two, rocking, you say? Yeah. In these two directions. At the end, the hope will win. No, it's not that you will end up in a mental hospital with, with, with paranoia or something. I have some fall. So the hope will like qualify the discouragement, if you will. It's a discouragement nourished by hope, if you will. <laughs> That's a healthy combination. Hmm? That's what Rupa and Sanatan say when they met Mahaprabhu. They say, 
अपना योग्य देखी मानु पाक्ष होगा तत्पी तुम्हारा गुना उपजाय लोगा सो जैसे अपना योग्य देखी मानु पाक्ष Although we perceive in ourselves how fallen we are. Now, they were meeting Mahaprabhu. Try to imagine how will you feel when you meet Mahaprabhu. I mean, you won't try to present yourself. I'm so great, Mahaprabhu. Look at my qualities. This is my curriculum vitae. I did all this. So many devotees. I opened this. You feel like. But at the same time, so much hope. No? So they, on one side, Apanajogyadeki Manupaukshova. We feel so falling, extremely falling in front of you, but by, by, by perceiving your qualities, we become so greedy to, to taste those qualities. They say in this word, taste your qualities. Qualities means in this case your mercy. We have a glimpse of your mercy and we cannot avoid developing greed for that. Although we feel so falling, that is, I'm so fallen that I know I do not deserve that. But that's so charming, so attractive. I cannot but have greed for that, be attracted to that. I cannot but have hope. That's the point. But someone said, but you are so fallen. Yeah. They will say, yes. I'm not denying <laughs> Actually, by, by realizing that the more and more, the more I increase my greed for those things because the more I feel in need of that. So that's how it works. So that's what I meant by existential crisis in the life of a Madhya. Now, of course, Rupa and Sanatana and beyond that, but they are like depicting the, the spirit of a Madhya. He, she's like living together with these two things, basically. You know? like, I'm this, but this is coming, and I need that, but I'm this, but this is, and I, I'm attracted to that. I see myself there, even. That, that's the, the, the most interesting thing, that you start to advance so much, that you start to realize, have very interesting realizations and insights and emotions and attachment and attractions, but at the same time you feel yourself more and more unqualified. So it seems like contradictory, but that's a paradoxical experience in that stage. You know, like you feel totally undeserved, you feel really falling, and at the same time so many things are coming. <laughs> but you... Because you feel so fallen in the healthy way, you realize these things are coming, are not mine. No, it's not my product, it's not my merit, it's not my, my anything. No, it's divine grace. In this way, one keeps progressing. So. Okay, some ideas. If you have further questions, we save them for tomorrow with your permission. So thank you very much for your time, your patience, your questions. Sila Gurudev ki jai, Shriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Hari Nam Sankirtan ki jai, Sri Giriraj Maharaj ki jai, Jagannabala Subhadra ji ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Sri Akadasi ki jai, Gaur Praman. Hari Gaur.